0: The first glorious mystery, the mystery of the resurrection, which is the manifestation of the victory of the cross. And it's a mystery which takes place in a totally hidden way. The Son of God took flesh in a very hidden way in Nazareth, was born in a very hidden way in Bethlehem, and is resurrected again in a hidden way in the darkness of the tomb, the common will of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, where the humanity of Christ doesn't belong anymore to this world, but is glorified with the glory that his soul enjoys. Jesus' glorified body and soul has returned in his humanity in the Father, to the Father. The human body of Christ glorified is a real human body, but in a totally new mode, perfectly reflecting like a crystal the glory of the soul, and therefore it's really a body of light, a body which is perfect instrument of this overflowing love flowing from the heart of Jesus. And each one of the operations of Christ glorified manifests something of this glorified humanity. Jesus can enter while all the doors are closed. Jesus can take different forms to appear. But in this humanity glorified, We see the image, the perfect model of what we will enjoy when we are ourselves glorified. In looking at him in glory, we will become like him. So it's a mystery which is filling our hope. If Christ is resurrected, then our faith and our hope leads us to believe and to hope for the same mystery. We shall be one day glorified body and soul. The second glorious mystery, the mystery of the ascension, is there to show us that Christ is not only alone, hidden in his Father body and soul today, but he attracts all his members. In him we are all risen, as Saint Paul says, and we are all under the same attraction exercised by the Father on our soul, on our body. An attraction perfectly realized in Christ and taking more and more possession of us. So when we look at the mission of the ascension, we look at the mission of the Church, called to ascend with Christ. Jesus tells us that once in glory, he will attract all men to him. He promised that he would prepare a place so that where he is, we would also be. And the ascension is a prefiguration. Christ comes back to his Father with all the brothers that he received through the grace. He goes back to the Father with all the children of the Father. So it's a a mystery where we recognize that what has been achieved in Christ by the Holy Trinity in his human nature is already starting to take place in us imperfectly, and one day we will be like him, body and soul, hidden in the Father. The mystery of the Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit on Mary and the Apostles is really the birth of the Church. The Church is conceived in a hidden way in the heart of Our Lady at the foot of the cross when she receives through the symbolism of the blood and the water from the pierced heart of Jesus when she receives the Holy Spirit on behalf of all Mother of the Church. And what is kept hidden in her heart is made visible at Pentecost. In that sense, what is the conception of the church at the cross becomes the birth at Pentecost, and the symbolism there is not any more water and blood, but fire. A fire which moves, which demands to move all the apostles, in order to live of this fullness of life and spread it to as many as possible. Pentecost makes not only of the apostles the heralds of the good news with new charisms but also makes of them the real channels of divine life they bring the Holy Spirit they become the source of living water taking place in them and allowing the Holy Spirit to be brought to the four corners of the world it's a fire which demands through them to reach as many as possible. And Mary again is the mediatrix of this gift. She's the one attracting the fire from God to be spread through as many as possible. So it's really a mystery where we open ourselves to live of the same fire. And Jesus came to bring a fire on earth that takes in a visible place for the apostles at Pentecost, it takes place in us at baptism. The same fire is given to us, demanding that we become apostles at the four corners of the world. The mystery of the Assumption of Our Lady glorified in her body and her soul. The Church has always kept two traditions, one called the Assumption, Our Lady died and was resurrected, like Jesus. Body and soul in glory. Another one called the Dormition, where Mary didn't die, but in a final ecstasy of love was assumed in glory, body and soul. And we don't know the way it took place. We don't know where and how Mary entered in glory. But what is important is that she shows she's the first creature, She is really the first of the long lineage that is starting through the grace. We are all reborn by the grace and we are all called to follow her. She is the woman that we see in the apocalypse surrounded by the sun. And the assumption, the glorification of Our Lady, is really manifesting, like for Jesus, the victory. That both of them have lived at the cross, Jesus is victorious over death, and maybe has lived the same holocaust at the foot of the cross and lived with him the same victory. The perfect union between Jesus and his mother achieved at the cross the perfect attraction, the perfect response to the attraction exercised by the Father is manifested in this common glorification and of course the glorification of our lady body and soul is at the image of the glorification of jesus glorified body and soul she can even better exercise her motherhood on us the assumption the glorification of our lady is not simply for her it is for her to be able to exercise in perfection this of fraternal charity that the motherhood implies. She has in her glory perfect access to each one of us in our spirit, but also in our body, also in our sensitivity. And there she can be present to us, educate us, lead us, correct us, and be fully part of our life. We have a Mother in glory who knows better, who knows us better than we know ourselves, and can be, can exercise this motherhood in perfection because there's no more obstacle to her presence, glorified body and soul. The fifth glorious mystery: the coronation of Our Lady as Queen of Heaven and Earth. She is not only Mother of the Church. She is not only glorified with her son, but she is called to share his government on the church. And in the same way as we see in the Book of Revelation, the twenty-four elders and therefore the saints, sitting on little thrones, and invited also to share the government of God, the government of love, the government of light. In the Apocalypse, we see Our Lady surrounded with a crown surrounded by 12 stars. Her main responsibility, her main main share in the government entrusted to her on the church is at the level of light. She's the guardian with the Holy Spirit of the fullness of the truth. She's the one who helps us discern more and more clearly what is light and what is darkness in us and in the world, we see also in the Book of Revelation that an essential part of her garment is at the level of fraternal charity. As any mother, she is guardian of this unity that Jesus has obtained, has prayed for in the prayer that is given to us by Saint John in the chapter 17. She is guardian of this unity among all the members of Christ. Jesus is always the source, but she's guardian, she educates us, she governs us so that we learn living in a deeper and deeper way of this unity wanted and obtained by Christ. St. Michael Colbert shows how close is the relationship between the Holy Spirit and Our Lady in glory. In a certain way, They work hand in hand in order to be at the perfect service of this mystery of divinization that Christ has obtained for us to live like a beloved son of the Father under the motion of the Holy Spirit. She is a strong mother and she sees what we don't see. A blind man cannot see another, cannot lead another blind man. And Our Lady in glory sees where Jesus wants to lead us and therefore can govern the church, help Christ in this government, leading us, each one of us, and the whole of the church towards his finality, which is to be in the Father.